Hello listener, welcome to Switch It. Here we go again. The opening act of the Ashes was a showstopper at Edgbaston. England came out bazballing from the start, but it was Australia and Pat Cummins calling the shots come the end, as Potion Pat delivered the goods and a two-wicket victory that will go down as a classic. There was, quite frankly, plenty to get excited about, from Joe Root's first Ashes 100 since 2015 to Stuart Broad producing a couple of vintage spells. But England are 1-0 down in the series, and the chilled-out entertainer's shtick is only going to go so far when the urn is on the line. Anyway, to discuss Ben Stokes' big declaration energy and a triumph for the rope-a-dope Aussies, I'm joined in the studio by ESPN Crick Info Deputy Editor Andrew McGlashan and Associate Editor Vish Ahantaraja, both of whom are likely to be running on fumes after last night's dramatic and late finish in Birmingham. Uh, hello, chaps. Good to see you. Good to have you here. Vish, I'll come to you first. Whisper it quietly in case Miller is listening. But is that Bazball in the bin? It's not in the bin. Um, I feel like Basball has some quite Oscar the Grouch tendencies. Like it lives in the bin. And it comes out and uh, excites kids, which is what England are all about. Yeah, so yeah. Good that engagement. Works better than I thought it'd be actually. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think um, this is to many a reinforcement of why they're doing it because it was very entertaining. Five sold out days at Edgbaston, um, and the fact that we got that incredible result despite the rain, which could have tipped us over into a draw um i think there are a lot of people telling themselves what they need to hear right now um i think i wrote about it before the match about fighting on a lie um that results don't matter and i suppose what ben Stokes did say it sucked ultimately england were able to approach the game or certainly the england's approach to the game was predicated on look, who, who knows what's going to happen at the end let's just try and boss as much as we can in the middle and i suppose they did that they just didn't win <laughs> results don't matter um, and it's all about the process we'll get into that I guess Nasha you've been uh, busy writing up the Aussie Hosannas if the next four tests are anything like that one uh, we're in for a hell of a series we are and it's the clash of styles isn't it I guess that is making this compelling at least from the start I mean um, Pat Cummins will never have started a test match with a, a deep point first ball of the game which then gets driven imperiously through the covers by Zach Crawley and here we go um, sort of Mitchell Stark Rory Burns it wasn't um, the start of this Ashes um, and then yeah deep set fields for large parts of the first day and the, the quote that a lot of people picked up on at the end of the first day was Josh Hazelwood saying it could have got away from us at seven and eights and over we were happy with fives which encapsulated so much about what Basball is doing or has done um, and sort of how much talk it led to ahead of the series. And I think it was slightly... I mean, obviously, when an Aussie bowler says they're happy to go at fives, it's going to be latched onto. But um, there was there was more method to what Australia did that I, than I think they perhaps got credit for, certainly, shall I say, by some of the English media, perhaps, who, understandably, the minute an Australian cricket team looks defensive against England, um, that's, a, that's a massive win. Um, and I'm not saying they didn't sort of back off from England a bit they did but I think they sort of they said okay you're going to play this way um, we're going to let you play this way and we're going to take it as long and as deep and make you play that for as much of the five days as possible um, and that's and I know there was some rain but that's exactly what happened they won it with 4.3 overs to go and I'm not saying England couldn't quite keep up basketball till the very end but they look shattered by the end of that they put so much physically and emotionally into that they effectively had a three-man attack really for that test match I know Ben Stokes put a heroic spell in at the end and Moeen bowled a couple of beauties and 
a lot of rubbish in between and uh, full sympathy for him with his finger it was it was an effort from him to to get through that game but England yeah effectively had three fast medium bowlers on a pretty docile pitch and they ran out a bit of puff there at the end as we'll probably talk about Jimmy Anderson a, a bit later he, he didn't bowl at, at the end of the game so Australia I think played the game they wanted to play and that is credit to them they didn't get sucked into out basballing England I'm not saying other sides have necessarily done that in the four or five series they've played but um, they stuck to the game they wanted to play um, shown none more so by Usman Kawaja um, two marathon innings um, of concentration and batting at his own tempo so um, Australia and again we'd be having a very different conversation if two more wickets had fallen but they didn't so it is it is 1-0 Australia and they they will be happy for so many reasons to have got to cross the line there um, they're not using the word vindication at the moment for tactics we're only one game into the series but they're pretty pleased with how that played out yeah, the um, the interesting thing about I think the you know in the moment when Zach Crawley hits that four, and as Nasha says, those fielders were out. I think the temptation was to think right, Ashes, old Australia. They wouldn't have done this. They'd be right in your face. But this is a different Australia, and I think they need they need England need to well rather maybe not England, but maybe the discussion needs to catch up a bit on that because this is an Australia who actually don't mind you know there, there are no airs and graces about like they're of an australian way and if there is it's more of a you know let's let's just see where we are in this game um i think one of the most important things um having seen the way australia won that was during the new zealand test rather the new zealand series that england played australia were in india at the time and in mount monganui maybe about the third or fourth day i think was the, the that huge collapse i can't remember in what delhi. it was in delhi yeah. right and there was a real sense among the England team that India was one of the worst places to go before a high-profile series because it tears you apart, really. Travis Head being dropped from that first test, um, all those, all those kind of you know those muddled feelings and things like that. Even Smith coming back into captain, albeit under, you know, um, testing circumstances for Pat Cummins with what happened with was he, his mother passing away. But there was a real sense that like, God, God, that maybe they're unraveling over there. That this is fascinating. Even at the end of the Mount Monganui game, there were highlights of the. Um, of the Indian match, of India's victory. But they seem to have won that so well. And they've come into this series, they've come into the World Test Championship with a bit of, no, no, we know how good we are. As Pat Cummins said in his press conference, we have done this for the last 20 tests, which was not quite, um, you know, a side mouth at England. But these are the World Test Champions and they've, they're the World Test Champions because they've been brilliant over a long period of time. Mm. And England, it's only really been a year where they've, you could argue they haven't played anywhere near the kind of side that Australia are. Um, I think it was on Sky's paper review one of, one of the mornings. Pete Layla said, "These are this is New Australia," and that was more in in, in a discussion around sledging. But uh, I'll, we, be, I'll, I'll be fascinated we, to see a couple of the um, <laughs> uh, whether Pat Cummins is getting columns written about him in a couple of the Australian newspapers that have given him a hard time over the last uh, six uh, six months or so. Um, yeah, th- this sort of performance from Pat Cummins goes against that narrative. But uh, it'd be interesting to see how this one. Um, gets picked up uh, back home in Australia, already being called one of Australia's greatest victories of all time, of course, back in Australia this morning. Yeah, well, uh, it was it was certainly pretty good in the moment. I think there's a, there's a lot to unpack on both sides. It's like we've uh, spent the month's wages at IKEA. Um, we are going to have to, I think, keep zooming in and out here. But so for now, let's begin at the end. Um, Australia beginning uh, day five, three down, needing 174 for victory. Um, Heavy overnight rain pushing the start back until 2.15. 
it was it was pretty cagey um, throughout um, throughout that final afternoon and evening. A real sort of tug of war in tough conditions. And then Vish uh, Stokes brings himself onto bowl, gets the wicket of Usman Kawaja, um, and we all thought we know the script from here. Yeah, yeah, and maybe. You know, in some ways, maybe it was also a reminder that um, the script slightly changed a bit because he did get that breakthrough. But often in that situation, he bowls right the way through, doesn't he? He finishes the game mm, as he did mm, in Cape Town yeah. in, in 2020. That feels like the most recent example. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, the fact that he got Smith in the first innings was preposterous, really. I mean, <laughs> he only started bowling the day before. Day before With the his game, first bowl, yeah, you know. <laughs> And, you know, we would, we would go to the Nets two days out and, you know, he was bowling a bit then, he was bowling out in the middle and he didn't look like he was, you know, he, he might argue that he was tapering up to something, but it didn't look like that at all. Um, and he brings himself on, gets Smith LBW of all dismissals for a guy who's been bowled at his pads his whole life and scored the majority of his, his runs through that as well. Um, and then getting rid of Kawaja with a weird kind of split finger... Snowball. Leg cutter, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All in the IPL. Well, exactly. All those conversations <laughs> in the IPL. Yeah, you know, no, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Credit should go to MS Tony in some way. Always seems to. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose that was the difference there, wasn't it? Because usually he gets on a roll. That's the trigger. But it was interesting in his in his presser. He said, you know, he had quite a subdued celebration, and they, you know, he was asked why, and he was like, well, I was just jacked up on caffeine. Um, so he was almost kind of trying to juice himself up into this mode, but because of his knee, he couldn't eventually carry it forward. But, yeah, it was it was remarkable, really. I, I would say that he captained exceptionally throughout. Um, I think the pitch, which we commented on, you know, in that first session on, on day one when England were flying, it, it wasn't a good pitch. And despite the fact that, well, you know, because just because we've got this finish, I think credit then should go to the players on both sides, really. I don't think that this pitch was designed in that way at all. Um, I thought the fields he set were... Incredible, really. They obviously look ridiculous, but when you see, you know, batters playing their favourite shots straight to fielders, you know, there, there is method in, in that kind of madness. It's, it's just unfortunate they couldn't quite pull it off. And I mean, if he'd pulled off that catch and Nathan Liner square leg, that would have been like, you know, how much, you know, how much of your script can we go back into and amend, really? Because this is, <laughs> this is getting absurd. That that was, was too much, uh, even for Hollywood. Um, I mean, it, uh, Nash, we sort of touched on this, that it, it's as much as you can um, try to say we don't really focus on winning or that the, the results are sort of secondary. It, it, it is, that is going to colour everyone's view of what happened um, at Edgbaston, uh, you know, as entertaining as it was, undoubtedly. Um, if Stokes holds on to that, that catch um, offline, it's 37 to win at that point, Josh Hazelwood's... Uh, is the genuine number 11, even though Molly Robinson had suggested Australia had three of them. Um, it, it would have been... A, 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 we'd be having a very different conversation right now. Instead, it's it's Cummins, Captain Cummins, the hero, um, his best performance with the bat, uh, I think, in a test, uh, you know, over yeah. both innings, his high most, score most as, he's contributed overall in a, in a test match and his highest score as captain. Yeah. Um, it felt like a very significant game, actually, for Pat Cummins, the batsman, which is probably not the line we thought we'd be writing or speaking about. <laughs> he did f- hit the f- winning f- runs f- on f- debut. Well, he did, uh, and, that, and that, was obviously, one of the, that anything, was obviously one of the links. Anything to, like that, Benny? To, this was their highest chase since then. And yes, Pat Cummins was um, at, at, at the crease when both those m- moments came. Um, He's got a pretty decent scriptwriter as well. He does, he does. <laughs> he's uh, Yeah, he, he's up there. And I just, I mean... 
talk about the, how they finished in England, but his bowling on that fourth day was pretty immense as well. I mean, obviously the way England play means that innings don't go on as long as they might, so bowlers can perhaps push themselves knowing that they won't need the amount of overs that you would against a, a normal style test team but um a couple of those spells uh that york at Wally pope that's mm. a, that's a great ashes uh delivery as that noise from vish will just attest <laughs> to um and that will be re- replayed like joe roots in 2019 was um at old trafford uh, and then and then to get stoked so i thought was that looked as though it was forming one of those sensible innings um kind of 40 yard another half hour from him might well have taken that target out of reach, but yeah, Cummins gets gets him as well. So I thought he was he had he had he had a really good match, but he was, especially those last two days uh, was really good and and significant that he's played a role with the bat. It was has been a talking point about this Australian side is and not and it was before Ollie Robinson mentioned the three number elevens. It had been a broader talking point about mm. how many runs they get. Not it's not it's not often an issue for Australia because at home the lower order rarely gets a bat in the summer you get Stephen Marnus who get double hundreds and even your number six doesn't really get in sometimes in a in a home summer but having left Mitchell Stark out that was genuinely quite a a long tail uh with uh, and obviously Scott Boland comes in as night watchman in that final innings and, and does a good job there um then of course Cummins and line finish it in one of the great sort of lower order um rear guard partnerships I have to say that drive that Nathan Lyon played off Stuart Broad I think it took it from 27 to 23 and that was against the second new ball. And that's when you felt, oh, this is actually... I know Cummins had taken those two sixes off route, but you still thought it's two balls for England. And if Broad gets one to go with the new ball, that's, as you said, mm-hmm. Hazelwood in. But when Lyon got off the middle, and it wasn't the only one he played, he, mm. he, he then punched over mid-on to take it down to six to win. Um, that was, yeah, those were significant moments. And, and I think Australia will take a lot in how they won that game on that on that final day it was, it was obviously referenced a few times how they've lost a few close games um in their history a famous one might have happened four years ago and another famous one uh 2005 um uh, and and there's been a, a there's there's been a few others i mean it's they're not positions australia have often found themselves in of recent times they either dominate the game big early on particularly at home um or way um so they played sort of grinding cricket in Pakistan. They they won one, lost one in Sri Lanka, and then the tour that Vish mentioned in India, um, two big defeats followed by an equally big win in indoor. So recent times, pushed down mm. to these one of nerve jangling finishes, it ha- isn't something the team has been in. So um, so yeah, I mean to get over the line from that position will do them a world of good. Although you say that. And we frankly have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> next week. So we're going to spend 45 minutes here saying all this. And actually, we have, we really still have no idea, which is one of the great things about it. But if you just focus on a couple of moments, um, that was a very significant win and how they did it. I'm glad you said that. That should be the disclaimer at the start of every one of these. But uh, even more so here. Um, I think that's the first time, I'm right in saying the first time uh, Australia chased 250 or more uh, to win an Ashes test since 1948. Yeah, some so, chap called Bradman, apparently. I think, yeah, he, was I quite, think, I think I, he was okay. But, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard the name. Yeah, um, yeah, he keeps losing all his records, though, I noticed these days. <laughs> he keeps, like, getting overtaken, so he can't, he can't have been that good. Yeah, he's, ha- he's Harry Brooks Bunny, I think that's right. Right, okay, yeah. 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 Would, he have, would he have been any good at baseball? Wow. Um, <laughs> There, you, you've touched on um, there, Nasha, a couple of a couple of tests. There were, uh, amid all the drama, uh, you know, a very close Ashes Test at Edgbaston. Inevitably, uh, uh, people were going back to 2005. There were 407 runs on the first day um, here. Um, 
2005, that was all scored by England. Uh, this time, England declared <coughs> uh, uh, eight down, and we will come to that. Um, come come the fourth innings, Australia set 281, as opposed to 282 in 2005. Uh, this one, a, a two-run... Um, a two-wicket win for Australia compared to a two-run defeat. Um, Someone should write a piece about this. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 people should look on the site. There, there might be one or two <laughs> references. Um, Vish, how much do you buy the idea that this is actually more like Lords 2005 when England went very hard at Australia and, and in the end got beaten quite heavily, but it set the tone for the rest of the summer? I think in terms of setting the tone, I can yeah definitely see the similarities. I think the that two thousand and five side needed the confidence of going toe to toe with that Australian side. I think this England side have that confidence, but I think maybe there'll be a bit of it's, it sounds like there, there will be a bit of I suppose emotional tax on the way that they lost that game because. As much as they appreciate they put on a spectacle, they've done a lot of the heavy lifting in this game. You know, I said in my piece overnight that, you know, they set up the chessboard, used their best openings, took a few key pieces, and then Australia beat them with checkers. And that's not a slight on Australia. I, I actually think, you know, the idea that they were spooked just doesn't really fly with me because they just let England play and they, they just brought the sides in. And in the end, it's, you know... I, I, I did warn you about my Indiana Jones reference and I'm going to pull the cord on it here. <laughs> but you know that scene in the market where Indy gets in there and he comes across the guy with the sword and he starts switching it around and everyone's in awe and he just pulls out the gun and, and knocks him over. Like That's basically what Australia did. Um, and, I, and I think England will want a bit more from Australia in terms of taking a game to that point. I suppose like, you know... Not to bastardise this point with another analogy, but it's a little bit like cycling, where the leaders there is an unspoken pact there that you know you take over once in a while, and then let's let's we'll chase at the end, you know we'll sprint at the end, but let's work together to get to that point. And Australia, we're never going to do that because you know they don't have to. And now, you know they've got even less reason to do that for the rest of the series. So I think in that regard, England do need to go harder. It's just whether they have the emotional capacity to. I suppose goes to the well, what, three, four more times? Yeah, well, we are going to find out. And we, we, I expect, the, you know, the way England talk, um, there won't be too much changing uh, for Lords and Nasha. I mean, Australia's um, negativity, let's, or let's call it containment. Um, <laughs> Tactics. Exactly. Tactics. The, the, the strategy, which, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, sort of as says, that, that um, clearly wasn't um, uh, just a result of being... Um, Surprised, it was it was an expectation of how England yeah. would play and and a, and a response to it, um, and it and it ultimately paid off because we are in the results game. But I mean, how much do you sense that uh, the um, reception, say back home, and and, and the, the the way that's presented in the media would have gone if Australia had lost the game? Uh, in, you got you got a little bit of on the coverage here mm. with sort of former captains or Ricky Ponting, yeah. for instance, talking about not liking that approach to the game. Um, this is a new Australia who perhaps don't care so much about about that, but um, I mean, can they can they keep it up? Both of these sides are challenging the perceptions of people who have watched them for a long time. England have been doing it for 18 months now, so people are sort of getting used to it. But um, there is still in Australia this thing of this is how we play cricket. 
that this is how test match cricket is is played in Australia. And Pat Cummins went away from that in this test match. Um, and he'd done it a little bit on the subcontinent as well, but that was a bit more, okay, this is what you've got to do to win in the subcontinent. So it's it's fine to play the long game in Pakistan. Yes, I know England went on and won their 3-0 by basballing it, but pre so so before basball happened, that win by Australia and Pakistan was held up there as a brilliant way of winning in Pakistan, like England did in 2000, if we want to go way back, take it to the final session. Um, now, they, they, they should have actually won the second test in that series. They did stuff up a little bit there, but they didn't let that knock them over completely. And they they won a famous match to, to take the series. And then they and then they play a very aggressive brand of game in the first game in Gaul when they went to Sri Lanka. Uh, Cameron Green sweeping, which he'd never done really in his entire first-class career because at the wacky you don't really need to <laughs> sweep much. Um and 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 they and then Travis Head takes four wickets with his part-time off-spin, and a lot of funky things happen there. Australia win in two days. Then they go on and lose the second day. So you kind of you're waiting for this this Australian narrative to to truly form, and then they they do get it wrong at the start of India. But as Vish said earlier, um, <coughs> they didn't let that tour unravel. Um, they they got that 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 big win in indoor. Um, so I, there are traits of what's been happening overseas with Australia coming into this match. And let's not forget they beat India last week in a World Test Championship final um, as well. So um, it was something I mentioned last night that um, given that Vicious mentioned what he wrote, I'll mention a bit what I wrote. Um, and, but there's, Get your a, plugs in. <clears throat> there's an adaptability about this Australian side now and, and they're not afraid of doing things while not quite out of the basball box, doing things... Um, their way and Pat Cummins is a very confident guy and this is the way we want to do things I have to say Andrew McDonald is a him and Andrew McDonald form a very good pairing as Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum do again another comparison between the the, the two sides and, and I guess the differences um, between them but but to go back to your original question yes that answer would be very different with two more wickets and that and that's the beauty of this test match I know it's a it's probably already a cliche because I think probably everyone we've spoken to in the post in post match yesterday was saying it that that test match should be celebrated for what it is and 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 there is a there's absolute truth in that because sometimes and we obviously make a living out of delving into these things and finding out what was the key point what was the key moment um sometimes you go well there were a there were, were there too many and actually there wasn't one moment um obviously england england dropped catches they had a, had a spinner with a bust finger but sometimes it's sometimes the game is so fine margins that you sometimes just got to go well fair play and that and that's how it plays we're out we're all just but a collection of carbon atoms one, one, yeah, know, a I ball mean, of gas spinning one, in the universe one thing I, are you having an epiphany now? One, thing, one thing I will add to, to, to show that we're just not a waste of space here and we actually can do some sort of <laughs> a, a, a deep analysis one thing I will say is that just if you look at where a few things went wrong for England and the comparison of the players who stood up for Australia in that game. Um, Usman Khawaja, who's the best opening bat on either side. Um, we can say that now after this epic duel. Perhaps it was a bit uncertain going into the test match, although I still I still would have rated him the best of the four on show. Um, their keeper had an outstanding game. Mm. Um, and their spin bowler is... He would have been the best spin bowler if Jack Leach had still been in the team, but um, in of, of the comparison of the two sides. Nathan Lyon had another terrific test match with the ball under an assault he won't have faced before like that in test cricket. What was it, 449 in the first innings? But notably in the second, he went at 3.3. To go at 3.3 against this England side, um, and they did have a couple of quieter passages where they seemed to play within themselves a little bit on that, on that fourth day. But those three players there, you compare those with the equivalents on the England side, say Ben Duckett, 
Johnny Bairstow and Moeen Ali, those were three mm. massive performances um, that, albeit in a very tight game, um, made a big difference for Australia. The other thing about that is the idea that Marnus and Smith mm. were back twice and scored 35 runs between them is actually going to make it worse for England, really, because <laughs> it might, they might think, oh, you know, we got them out cheaply, they might be in their own heads, but you've lost a test where the number one and two batters in the world have basically been observers. Um, yeah, that's not going to sit well with England and, and particularly England fans. Yeah. How many hours is Marnus going to spend in the nets this next week heading into Lords? <laughs> I do not want to be the uh, throwdown person in the Australian backroom staff because he's, he's going to want to, uh, he's want to, going to train and train ahead of Lords. And surely, he, he didn't um, enjoy that. <laughs> surely if England have found him out now. Outswingers. Well, it's, it's, in- <laughs> it's interesting. There is a, I mean... They all laughed at me. Yeah. We all laughed yeah. about the outswinger. Yeah. First ball, absurd. It was a brilliant bit of theatre. Ashes theatre, I think. Ashes theatre. Ashes yeah. theatre. Yeah. I think is what Ollie likes to. Ollie Robinson likes to call it as well. <laughs> it's not quite but, Hamilton, but it's Ashes no. theatre. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, but but j- j- just on on Marnus quickly, it is interesting. A because that first one particularly was very uncharacteristic, miles away from his body. The second one was a bit more in the channel and didn't really swing he nicked a good length ball but um there is just enough evidence now with Marnus of the diversions between his home and away records I mean because Australia didn't tour for two years because of Covid and one or two other issues um <clears throat> basically played the away ashes in 2019 when he came in as the concussion sub he didn't play another away test till they went to Pakistan 18 months ago so now he's had a run of away tours albeit in some pretty tricky places um, and now he's back here. Um, it's not a problem yet for Australia, but he's that type of player that he'll want to uh, put that right. But um, England will think they found a little something there. They've always fancied him a little bit in that yeah. channel. You could see when the way they bowled him in Australia in 2021-22. Um, uh, slightly different, Mark Wood did it with a bit of pace and ruffled Marnus outside off stump, but generally Marnus is such a good lever of a cricket ball I know it's not the most sexy topic to talk about in a basball podcast but he is one of the best judges of a leave generally you will see and in Australia of course you can leave on length as much as you can online on most of the pitches and that ball that's why the first innings dismissal was really like a wow moment because he just leaves them all day and he gets the bowler mm. to bowl closer and closer and then he can either drive him he gets too full or like Smith whips him off middle stump through mid wicket so that that was a that, that was a real interesting moment. And that's, again, the joy of a, a five-test series is we'll see how that plays out over the next four he, games. He, he clearly should have been warming up for this in the IPL. Yeah. Um, it's where you learn all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, to rewind right to the very start, you mentioned Zach Crawley. Um, and, and, and clearly what we should have realised, um, you know, the first ball of the Ashes, Stark to Burns, um, De Vretas to Slater, Harmison's wide... <laughs> Yeah, Zach Crawley's four. Now the common fact here is that England lose those games. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, cheers for that. <laughs> but I mean, uh, Vish, where did things go well for England? Where will they be, you know, uh, holding on tightly for the rest of the series? It was a good test for reverse ramps. It was a good test for funky fields. It was, I mean, it was a good test for Stuart Broad. Um, they're, they're clearly areas that they can improve on and, and play better like catching is, is, a, is a good thing quite to important do part of that, yeah. at Lords. Um, I mean, England are all about the positives and there were, there were quite a few of those throughout. Yeah, plenty of positives. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Zach Crawley defender per se, but focusing on that first innings because the second innings was in a spell of bowling, which was 
That probably was, the best. That was just a bit unfair. Probably the best of the match, I think. <laughs> and it was the first. It was the first time really that we saw a bit of, you know, the Australia your parents tell you about. You know, this was it, this it was vicious stuff, mm. and, it, and it was incredible to watch. Um, Twenty-two balls, two two runs, yeah, two wickets. Yeah, yeah. as yeah. Nasha wrote. <laughs> That's also another reference. On our website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but people might not know. <laughs> But it was almost like, you know, he was coming into the game almost kind of leaning on this new villain arc that he's, he was, um, you know, yeah, I suppose leaning on really because, you know, he talked about people in the cheap seats, not all, you know, rather, you know, average Joes not wanting to, you know, not wanting to listen to them, not being on social media so he doesn't hear or see videos from certain websites, who knows. Um, or but people making memes. Yeah, or pe- memes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that, there that's was, memeable. He, yeah, that is actually. I'll do that. Um, but you, you know, he comes in and and he decides to play the part. He's actually rallied against um, what McCullum has said to him about, or, or said about him publicly about being a streaky player that he's never going to be consistent. And he offered a correction a couple of months ago about. I think he just means that you know, opening batting is batting is you know quite a hard thing to do in England, and you know, none of us had to heart to, to tell them. It. Yeah, but he only says that about you. <laughs> Um, so the fact that he le- leans into that, and, and even the fact that he got out the ball that took us to lunch on that first day was was almost a bit like, fine, actually, you've done the job that they've always told us that you were going to do, mm. and you've done it on the you know the first first day of the Ashes, first morning of the Ashes. I think that was a positive. I think the way that Root batted was, you know, even even running past one at line, awful really. But the way he led up to that, the hundred in the first innings, I. I'd, We've not seen this Joe Root. I don't think. I think I wrote that for the for the hundred um, on day one, but it just looks a bit different. It looks he looks a bit taller. The fact that he tried to reverse ramp that first ball on day four, again stupid, but fine. Like he's doing it. Like he he is. He's one of the he's one of the players that has gone all the way with Stokes. And Imagine if he nicked it. Yeah. Well, oh God, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're having a different I know conversation. We talked about this yeah. at the moment. We literally looked at we're each not, other. We're again. not results based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only are we having a different conversation, we're having this conversation about 36 yeah. hours earlier, aren't we? It's just the most extraordinary thing. Sorry, I knocked you off your story. No, no, no. I just that, had to, it was like just such a wow moment in a game yeah. full of them. Yeah. But he's gone all the way and he's managed to take you know all his belongings with him, really. He's not lost any of the old um, Joe Root ways, which I would you know, I, I'd put as a compliment, or rather as a positive even. Um, Johnny Bairstow's first innings, if we can isolate that from the from the keeping, um, mm. he just picked up where he left off, um, and the, maybe I'm maybe I'm being too kind to Mo and Ali, and I feel like I am given some of the comments over the course of the test, but he pretty much did what they asked him to do, you know. He did what we expected, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, he bowled a couple of pearlers. He would have got Cameron Green, which would have been a huge wicket at 32 had Bairstow made the stumping, and and I suppose that's where when you start talking about all these things, you realise a lot of it is quite intertwined. Like, there was a level of arrogance, I should say. You know, professional arrogance, no, no problem with that at all. But to think, you know what, just give best of the gloves, slot them in there, we'll be fine. You know what, Mo, both pearlers, goes for a few runs, we don't really care about runs, we'll, we will get the runs, we'll make up them, mm. you know. <laughs> then for them to combine for that particular moment, for the green stumpy and, you know, for the drop catches with Carey as well, that felt like a bit... Maybe there are too many variables right now. Mm. Maybe that is the issue. And the if declaration... Only, if only they take Liam Dawson, eh? Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention Liam Dawson. We know what happened last time. But, you know, I feel like you were going to talk about the the negatives. And, and the declaration, I, I think the further away we get from that, not least because England lost, just doesn't make any sense. Um, 
just the way Root was going, the stickability with Robinson, and Dave Tigner wrote about this today and made a made a brilliant point. Root's just hit 20 off uh, line over, with the, with the help of Robinson for a four, I think. But they've hit 20 off, off Nathan Lyon there. They're going great guns. They could have bat out of the day. You could probably, you know, if you wanted to, you could probably have got, I suppose it wouldn't have got two overs off them. But there was a way of doing that in the morning that would have worked. Um, batting in England, opening the batting in England is hard, whether you do it at night or during the day. Um, and then to to have taken them out of their stride when they are sprinting and the way England were crawling to their third, you know, to that second innings total they eventually got, you know, that, that doesn't really wash the idea that, like, and it, I suppose even the general idea that playing attacking cricket when you're batting is great because you're ramping up one side of the equation, the runway. Mm. But then you take that away by, you know, dropping the other in terms of overs, you know, you're giving yourself your overs to score those kind of runs. And, it, you know, regardless of what they say about keeping a team in it, they want to bat teams out of game as quickly as possible and dictate everything from there. And they decided not to do that. And, I mean, obviously, conversely, uh, uh, talking about outcomes, if England take a wicket in that spell, Nasha, then it's genius. And there were people willing to argue that the next morning, you know, the bowlers get a second crack and a second win, uh, you know, while fresh and, and broad does go bang, bang. Um, so again, we're, we're talking about the difference between mm. outcomes and, and processes. Mm. And and the difference that Robinson Anderson fall in consecutive balls and England bowled out for 394. Yeah, which is, yeah. which is what Stokes but, but, said. But, but the interesting point is kind of... And, Listening to Vish's argument just then about it is a is a persuasive one because I the, at the time and I guess it was it, the whole thing about watching baseball live for the first time was a fascinating experience um, <laughs> because because sort of even from even from being the, at Woodstock or something. yeah even from the side of it that we're on and sort of thing you kind you kind of got you got sucked into it all a little bit kind of like wow this is like what the hell is happening here um, and kind of like I remember turning to it was either Matt or Vish during the game and when when Moot was just got his hundred and whatever and, and I said could could Stokesy the I, sh- I should have tweeted it really because then I it, it would have looked brilliantly um uh, kind of uh, Nostradamus from me. But um uh I said could could Stokesy declare you look at the time and things and kind of the the thing was no probably not because of what Vish has just said there about you just they were flying and they could get another 20, 30 wins. So when it happened, I think I was a bit sort of swept up and oh, this is just like, this is what we've all heard about over the other side of the yeah. world about Basball and whatever. Uh, and I half imagined Broad nicking off Warner in that four overs and it just being all, all hell breaking loose. Um, that that didn't happen. But so, yeah, I think having spent a few more days thinking about it, and I know generally in the, in the Australian pack that's over here covering it, it was a bit like, what the, what the hell's he doing here? This is like, this is just, stupid basically this is like they've cost themselves mm. everyone's put about the 50 run mark on it even even um even Usman Khawaja who we spoke to last night he was asked about it he and he he said oh they could have scored another 50 runs I reckon so that kind of seems to be the consensus so um obviously if they had yeah. the game would have been a draw well because of the way and things then, panned out and then but... and then Usman <laughs> then said I don't believe in sliding door moments so it's a slightly pointless conversation <laughs> to be having he did say when with the questions were being asked to him but um I think over the course of a few days I've probably come down on the side that yeah he just got a bit too funky a bit too funky a bit too <laughs> wild there and kind of um although as as we know one of their sayings isn't is 
think of the good that can happen rather than the bad in a situation, isn't yeah. it? Sort of thing. That's run towards danger and all, all those other uh, phrases. Plan like you'll live forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Live like yeah. you'll die tomorrow. Four, four more of these you... tests and we're not living forever. <laughs> there's no way that's happening. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I think I think probably yeah, I think that you'd say, like I said before, you can go through a game like this and pick out so many moments. I guess the difference with that one is that it was in England's hands there to continue at least taking the innings to a natural conclusion um and then going over to you australia um yeah australia kind of i don't think minded having been declared on on the first day they've one of the things just briefly go back to australia is again they sort of and it's happened last few series they've i think by and large they sort of they're leaving their ego out of this a little bit sort of thing so right down to the point of like the mitchell stark selection and things like that mm. i'm not saying mitch stark will have been happy to not play at Edge Baston, but um, one thing that Cummins and McDonald and this group has, has formed is, um, yeah, seems to be not, maybe I'm not saying that perhaps other generations were completely ego driven, but there were some big characters in some of the Australian teams. And, and I don't think it'd be too controversial yeah. to say that. <laughs> and, while, while <laughs> and, and while there still are, um, it feels as though it, they, does, it, they don't let it dominate them on the field. And I thought that was quite noticeable as well uh, during this game. Um, Vish Stokes has he said in his post-match that they're going to keep making these sorts of moves um, I mean we, we've talked about this you know um, uh, in, in WhatsApp groups and so on I mean is are England in danger of becoming sort of beyond parody with the baseball thing uh, you know this is for the good of test cricket we're saving test cricket we're, in, we're inspiring a generation of well of good losers, maybe that's. <laughs> and is that not the British way? I was yeah, say, haven't yeah. the British always been good? Losers? Don't we want our kids to grow up being, you know, yeah. ha- happy to to win or lose, whatever? Just enjoy, play it for the game, play it for taking the... part that counts. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, but, you know, he, he did say among all that that like we tell ourselves that we put the result lower down because we kind of need that. We don't need the pressure of this is do or die. We can, we, you know, the enjoyment comes first and with the enjoyment come, comes the results. And you can't argue with that really over the last year, given what England have done. And even really seeing how this test has played out because they made a few mistakes. They made some rudimentary mistakes and, you know, they took the game damn deep and, and another day and you, almost they win. The catching aspect of it without getting too deep into it, is almost the least baseball thing about it because it's literally catching. Well, you can't do that in any fancier <laughs> style. Well, well, I mean, I suppose if Stokes, had taken, that, I suppose if Stokes had taken that... I suppose if Stokes <laughs> had, take, had taken that blinder, that would have been a baseball catch, wouldn't it, to win, probably win the test match. But kind of the catching, not so much the ground fielding, and we spoke about this during the game, and mm. it, again, interesting watching England for the first time live in a little while, um, how much they were sprinting for those ground balls in the field and that's something the Aussies noticed as well that they, they noticed how hard they were going that's clearly a Brendan thing we all saw him running mm, yeah. into the fence when he yeah. he was a player but seeing Not it live because leech out in the first yeah the first place yeah, to yeah, do yeah, it yeah. got a concussion because, <laughs> yeah. of, because obviously when you watch highlights of an England test match you don't see all those moments in a 20 minute highlights package so to see them do that live is interesting but catching there isn't really a fancy way a fancier way a snazzier yeah. way to do it it's it's a skill it's a repetition it's being ready for the catch so it's, it's almost boring isn't it well you know? it, yeah <laughs> it's the most fun about that you can't really change there's no golf cricket. element yeah to it. yeah but so there's also, but there's also the, you know the, the the message from the top is not like you know what drop a couple let's <laughs> let's see what happens you know let's dangle just the to see if we yeah. can create some more <laughs> let's, drop <laughs> let's drop the carrot let's drop the 
challenge, the challenge, the challenge is then to create a few more chances with the ball. You know, that's uh, that's the, the adventurous. Well, I mean, the, the, the like Nash has touched on it there with the fielding. I, I think one of the interesting things over a five test series is the fact that fitness plays out. Yeah, and England expended a lot of energy on that. Well, throughout this test, really, but Australia are the fitter team fundamentally. They they just are. And we're in a situation potentially where England will run themselves ragged rather than you know Australia doing that anyway. And there's also there's almost like you know we're, let's talk about the fitness of the bowlers now. They've always talked about rotating and this that, and the other. But ultimately, people the, the reason they're doing that in the field, the reason that players are in the positions they are in the first place, is because really it's, it's pragmatic. You know, England are very samey attack. They need to do something funky to create all these chances, um, and it's you know it's pragmatism dressed up as as ideology in a way, and that is quite taxing. Like it, it, you know, just bowlers having to bowl different lengths all the time is is taxing. It takes you out of the holding pattern. The almost you know the holding mm. pattern you a lot of those bowlers have subsisted on, and I think for that reason it was, you know, it was not for nothing that Allison didn't bowl after tea mm. on that final day, um, and I don't think he bowled well actually. In the match, he did bowl better in the in that first session on day five, but I think there's a bit of him that is struggling, you know, with this. If if the pitch isn't necessarily suited to a traditional way of bowling, then he find he seemed to finding it finding it the, the He's harder the of the least three likely to, to sort of bang it in halfway down with an umbrella field. And yeah, so exactly. On. Yeah, even even though his bounces are very good, and he gets, I think he gets more zip off the pitch than the you know of the three of them. Um, but I also think he was, you know, I, I was when he wasn't bowling. Um, when they delayed taking the new ball, took it, and he wasn't there. I was, you know, I had him. You know, I was looking at him through my binoculars in the press box, and uh, that's why I said in the press box. So, <laughs> but um, maybe need the clean version of it in the, in the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. But he was, um, he was, you know, he was helping move the field around. There was a point where he was, Ollie Robinson had just finished bowling and was, you know, was stood where he was uh, um, mid on, and Anderson, you know, shouted to him. Or mid off, and Anderson shouting to him from point. It was like, no, no, you need to, you need to be closer towards me because, and he was, you know, basically directing traffic. And that that doesn't speak of a guy who was, you know, kicking his heels and you know pissed off with his lot. He was he was very much all in. But then, do we lose, you know, the the Anderson who's you know been, you know, having his average in the teens for the last five six years? Taking quite a few wickets. Yeah, he has taken a few, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Um, He's a but bit yeah, like that but, Bradman fellow. Yeah. <laughs> but but there, but there is that, isn't there? That, like, there is. Didn't they overlap? Hasn't Jimmy been playing that long? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. You, was now you t- are now you are insulting Jimmy. <laughs> He's not that old. <laughs> but you but, know, but, but there is there is something to, um, to, to not necessarily to consider, but maybe something to think about going into into the rest of the series, especially given the requests on pitches were, that have or haven't been heeded. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on the, quickly on that and, and looking at Lords, I mean, Anderson spoke, I think, before play on day five and said he felt out of rhythm or, or that he hadn't, you know, hadn't clicked because, partly because he hadn't played for six weeks because he'd had that groin problem uh, while playing for Lancashire. So do England now play him again? So, you know, now that he might be closer to being in rhythm um, or do they say, I mean, and, and we'll obviously have to see how all the bowlers pull up in a week, but do they say we now need Mark Wood to play? Uh, who many thought would would be sort of ahead of Broad for a, a spot in the eleven for Edgbaston. Obviously, Broad has justified that selection, and Stokes spoke well about why they'd gone down that route. But uh, you know, 
uh, do England need to have that, that point of difference in the attack? I mean, I think so, but I don't think they will, actually. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go unchanged, because mm. there was a very... Um, and, unless so knowing Ali's finger is... Well, sorry, un- unchanged <laughs> on the seamers, yeah. really. That, I, I think that's that's quite likely. Um, <clears throat> bear in mind, England, England have the next five days off, mm. and that was confirmed on day four, so before everything they put into day five. And I think there's an understanding that they'd already given a lot, and, you know... It, it's one of the first times... There's some golf to be played as well. Well, well this is the thing. I think, I think everyone's basically going home. Both sides, I'll say. <laughs> that's not just an English thing. That's, yeah, that's, There's yeah. always a round of golf always to be played somewhere. Yeah, yeah and like beyond, ma- beyond, maybe, beyond maybe doing it socially, I, I think the message was like, go back home and just chill out for these five days. Probably the first time under McCullum that they've been told to do that to get away from the game, as it were. And then, and that's no doubt because this is a five-match series and the three-match series they played against New Zealand and South Africa over here were quite quite bunched together. There wasn't really this kind of break time to be had. Um, but I think it's more about go away, recharge, and Mark Wood would be the only consideration, I think, um, especially because they're one down and, you know, the the road ahead is, is getting shorter. Um but then what does that mean? Because if Markwood plays at Lords, is he going to go back-to-back at Headingley? Probably unlikely. Then if he misses out Lords, are you kind of all in if England happen to be 2-0 down and chucking him in at Headingley and then hoping that you turn that around and he plays the other three, even though the gap between that isn't ideal. But then knowing that it's the last test and you can... With all Would you consider blazing through? Four quicks. Joe Root was pretty impressive with the ball there. He the was impressive day. on the final day, yeah. Could he do yeah. a more broader holding... Holding role for four quicks? Uh, potentially, yeah. And then the and a t- bit of Harry Brook phone in. Yeah, well, God, we haven't even mentioned that. <laughs> 15 overs into an Ashes says Harry Brook's bowling off the wrong foot. To Steve Smith. Yeah. Um, brilliant moment. Brilliant moment. <laughs> but there is, um, yeah, I mean, th- that is definitely an option. I mean, people talked about that as an option mm-hmm. for coming into Wedgbaston. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go. And then suddenly you start thinking about variation as well. And I think, you know, I, I kind of wonder about someone like Sam Curran, you know, how good would it be to to chuck him in and then have Joe Root operate as that spinner, yeah. He makes things happen. Um, I mean, it sounds very much that, that England's the team with all the questions here. S- some, some of what we've been talking about comes down to perhaps that England uh, came to this series on vibes while Australia were planning and practising. Um, Nasha, the one sort of uh, selection debate that we kept coming back to uh, on the Australia side was, was about that sort of third seamer. And, and that's perhaps one area where there is a little bit of thinking um, for them to do ahead of Lords. Uh, Scott Boland um, figures in the in the match two for one hundred and forty seven from twenty six mm. overs, so going at somewhere between five and six and over. His, and his, that is his not mo- yeah, his most expensive first class game when he's bowled um, at least twenty overs. Yeah. So uh, and I mean there'd been some talk about uh, I think it was Michael Vaughan said England should play him like a spinner, and they sort of did. <laughs> they they clearly tried to take down line as well and to less success yeah. um well they got alex Kerry up to the stumps didn't they so yeah 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 there was a, there was a um, lot going on when scott boland was because he was the one that joe Root reverse scooped for six on that yeah uh, yeah fourth morning. I, I mean and, and and clearly mitchell stark is is there in the squad as and joe well Root will try and reverse scoop uh, him as well yeah yeah going I mean, across he'll be able to get underneath it and uh, it, send oh, it into the pavilion i mean that's that sounds cool gully to me but yeah yeah uh, Neil Wagner, uh, uh, yeah, got yeah, him exactly. out that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. took took a bit of punishment. Yeah. Um, and Neil Wagner just keeps coming. Um, Neil Wagner is fifty eight, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and will still bounce your head off. Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, is there any sense there that Australia, they, you know, they were happy to soak up the, the damage, but there's a, there's a little question there. Yes. I, yeah, I think there is. And again, they'll use these four or five days to, to take stock of that. Um, I think there's a good chance that Mitchell Stark will come in for Lords. Um, a bit will depend on, on what the pitch looks like. And, it, and it's not the easiest thing just to say pull out Scott Boland because he went at fives. He's the sort of bowl. I know we thought we'd be the sort of bowl that would go well at Edgebaston, but this wasn't the pitch we were kind of expecting for Edgebaston. If, if Lords um, has a little bit of grass on it, or also the thing with Lords is, of course, a line length bowler can can make use of the slope. Of course, Glenn McGrath made a whole career out, out of doing it. So I don't think it's quite as simple as just saying Scott Baldner was the most expensive. Let's bring him in for Mitchell Stark. But there is the factor that if you're going to have a bowler who is taken on at five and a half and over, is it worth considering the guy who has a bit more of an X factor about him? Left arm, quick, great Yorker on him, can reverse it if it reverses, just has the natural variation of being left armor, adds a bit more to the batting, maybe not as vital now. It seems as though Pat Cummins is... is has found a bit of form there um so that yeah that is their one decision to make there's no other either ors in that team it's um same as it was coming in um to the test match that might change if david warner nicks off a couple more times although the feeling we're getting is that he's doing just enough to to stay there at the moment and particularly if australia are winning then they won't make a change there and i don't think they'll make a change even if warner was to bag a pair at lords but um that is that remains so pretty much the questions about the australian team are the same as they came in uh which is which is a tick for them really it's not it's not opened up any question marks it's not opened up any injuries for them as far as we know um so yeah sounds like it's it's stark or boland for as long as hazel pulls up okay stark or boland uh, for lords good stuff well you can't escape the ashes this summer even if you try and there's another chance to get people talking about test cricket and maybe even caring about the result with the start of the points-based women's ashes at Trent Bridge tomorrow. To preview that, here's a clip from the Ladies Who Switch podcast. More importantly, the forecast for the rest of the week is much, much better. Yeah, but even if it clears up with a little bit of moisture around and if it hangs around for a day or two, can we expect that conditions are a little bit more in favour of the Seamers. I remember a test match that South Africa played at Trent Bridge in 2017 and certainly there was a lot going in terms of what the Seamers could get out of that surface. So I'm wondering if that's going to come into play. And then you've spoken about Kate Cross. She's back. She must be really looking forward to, to bowling in these conditions. Yeah, so it could very much play into the hands of potentially both sides. I mean, Talia McGrath said she was really looking forward to getting out there and trying to see if she could make it swing, given the chance. And yeah, Kate Cross, she's back from illness um, and she's pretty much going to have to spearhead this pace attack. She's got more experience than the rest of them. Um, and so, yeah, she we could well see her throwing the new ball as she was against South Africa at Taunton last year. Um, but yeah, her story is a really great one in terms of, um, we mentioned it uh, briefly in the pod previously, but she's had this parasitic illness called Giardia, um, which took, she said, nine rounds of antibiotics to try and combat and even then she had to go on to sort of a much more powerful form of medication to finally get it out of her system. She has recovered. Uh, she is fighting fit, she says, um, which is, you know, great news for her, great news for England. Um, but it did, you know, it, it did affect her preparation in the sense that uh, whilst she was 
coming back or, or basically you know fighting through this illness she said that she had had to sort of do one day training and then two days off because she'd lost so much weight during these bouts of of the illness rearing up that she was then an injury risk so She's had a much more different preparation to what she would like leading into a test, but she's wrapped her head around that. She's, you know, she. I think she's just incredibly happy to be back and over, over this illness and, and be back to, you know, hopefully, uh, if selected, you know, lead that England seam attack. Right then, fellas, uh, where does the series go from here? Other than the Lords, obviously. Can England get more Baz Ballsy? Do Australia have the psychological upper hand? But the Aussies are one up, Nasha. You can go first. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to say I have no idea again, <laughs> uh, which suggests we've waited, wasted 45 minutes of the day. Look, I, Australia were always pretty confident coming into this series. Um, they'll be even more so now having got over the line in a tight game. Um, I think they'll carry that through with them at Laws. I think it's going to be very tough for England to, to hit back. I'm not saying they can't do it, uh, but I if you want me to put a name on who's going to win at Lords, I'll go for Australia. And, and we don't come back from 2-0 in the Ashes, Vish. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, unless that's unless all part of that the plan. Yeah, unless that's that maybe part of the plan. Yeah. Um, be great for the kids, that, wouldn't it? be good, especially the kids who aren't into cricket. Yeah. seems to be yeah. who they're focusing on. Um, I just, I, I think Australia were already quite comfortable coming into this series in terms of their mindset and... I think that's just been reinforced. I, I wrote, um, you know, I, it is interesting that of the three basketball defeats, they've all had quite nourishing qualities on their opponents. Um, and this is the first one that's come, you know, South Africa came early in the series and they celebrated by mimicking what the team did in 1994 with the flag over the away balcony. Um, but this one feels like Australia have the higher ground now in every sense, really. They're like, you know, we play the game that you wanted us to play and you know, we contributed to the entertainment and we'll happily do that a bit more but you know we're not gonna we're not gonna take the piss they might even be able to wrestle on the fact that you know but this is the ashes and it is you know lads it is quite serious is, there is a reason we're playing five tests here and not three so i think because of that i, I can definitely see uh, lords going australia's way as well well it's all fertilizer isn't it? it's all good for the game um we have to draw a line somewhere before this series gets out of hand. The basball ashes are sizzling nicely, and you'd expect the heat to be turned up a notch at Lords. The men have a few days off before that, with the Washes taking centre stage in Nottingham from tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back to keep the conversation rumbling next week. Until then, my thanks to Nasha and Vish, and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast. Mm-hmm.